Welcome back to All Chat Episode 5. My name is Jack Dawes. I'm joined by Grayson Yada this week as every week. How are you doing, Grayson? I'm great. How are you doing, Jack? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about some League of Legends, just like oh, we yeah. do every week. And there is there is no real LCK or LPL today, so we got a lot of LEC and LCS to talk about. Yeah, yeah, they're on that Lunar New Year break, so... I got to watch a lot more LEC and LCS this week. <laughs> there you go. Maybe maybe it'll be a shorter episode today. Maybe we'll get more in-depth. Uh, let's just see what happens. Yeah, we got to start right with the LEC because okay. we're just right in the thick of that right now. And we got the winter finals coming up here. Yeah. So here's my question to you starting yeah. off. How did this week go compared to your expectations? Are these like the last four teams you thought we were going to end with? Did you think that there was some major upsets? How are you feeling about where we are versus where we started? I honestly, after watching a lot more of these games, I think I'm pretty satisfied with who came out as the final four here. Yeah, I thought Mad Koi definitely exceeded my expectations. They look solid. They just look like a complete team to me. And they're like, they're my goats, bro. Yeah. I, I love this team. I don't know what it is. They're they're like a budget G two. Uh -huh. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they do these like super weird picks. They have like Mirwin who continues to pull out. He did. I think he played an ADTF top game yep. this week. He, he had the Varus game. He had the Fiddlesticks game. Like they, they're willing to pull out these like super weird picks. Uh, and even Frescawi like yeah. really showed up this week. So mm -hmm. th these guys are just absolutely my goats. Yeah. I remember you were talking to me about Mad and you're saying, oh, it's Supa and it's, oh my gosh, Alvaro. what's his name? Alvaro. No, who? Oh, and El Yoya. El Yoya. El yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like the El Yoya Alvaro show. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought all the players on the team looked really good. Like, I know. For yeah, Scowie and Mirren, they look really good. They do. Uh, coming into the split, it really felt like it was just El Yoya or Bust. Like, he uh -huh. either gets ahead or the team loses. And then it kind of transferred into this period where I was like, okay, it's really El Yoya and Alvaro making plays happen. And then I was like, okay, wait, Supa did get that pentakill. He is kind of the GOAT. Like, maybe he's in there, too. <laughs> uh -huh. And then I was like, okay, wait, Mirwin's got these picks, too. <laughs> like, maybe he's pretty good. But I was, like, pretty down on Frescawi for a long time. And then I thought he just smashed it this weekend. Especially in his games against, what were the most recent ones against? Uh, they Vitality? Played Vita yeah. He absolutely, he just smurfed on Vitality. Yeah, he like, looked really good on Talia. He did. His, yeah. his Talia game was nuts. Yeah. I mean, he was cutting guys off super well with his Weaver, Weaver's Wall, I want to say, is yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the ability. And yeah, he's cutting the Vitality guys off yeah. really well and just setting the whole team up, which I thought was huge for that team. I was really impressed. I thought I thought the game two Kaisa game that he played, first of all, cool that he pulled out the Kaisa because yeah. usually, I feel like that's usually a Vithio pick, actually, which is pretty funny. It, it was cool to see him pull out something different like that. I didn't think it was terribly impactful. He had one triple kill like right at the end of the game, but other mm -hmm. than that, it didn't feel like he was doing that much. But in the first game, it was kind of just a highlight reel for him. Yeah, for sure. Him and Miron kind of took over that first game. Yeah. I that thought, was the, oh, the TF Tilia game. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I thought Mirwin's TF teleports were super mm -hmm. good in that game, too. Like they were yeah. finding picks off of the Tilia wall and then the TFR. Yeah. And like that was pretty much the name of the game for them in that first one. Also, Hilla in. <laughs> was in peak form <laughs> okay now that you've brought that up i, I want to uh tell you something about that real quick just okay. because i i had to pull stats for that so first thing is i took a note of 
uh, every single death that he had over the two games uh-huh. in the Vitality versus MDK series. Do you want to take a guess at his overall stat line, or you want me to just tell you? I know he was like one in ten in that first game on set, and yeah. then I don't know. He played Rakan the second game, I think. Yeah, and it wasn't as bad the second game. It wasn't as bad, but I no. want to say he probably finished like one in seventeen, probably with with some assists thrown in there. That's pretty close. So over <laughs> two games, Hillisang was one fifteen and twelve. Okay. <laughs> so he had less. What, what is that? that's less than a one KD? Yeah. And he was one in eleven that first game. Yeah. So I, I might throw together a little mini montage of every Hilly death from the weekend because he was just he was running it. Yeah, he's just getting caught out everywhere, clearing wars. I thought he was looking okay at the start of that first game, like he was baiting yeah. guys in and then using that set W. Yeah, but after that, he was just getting picked off left and right. He almost had something in that like early laning fight at like the start of game one, uh-huh. where it, I think it was like a two v three or something like that, and he almost turned it around with that set W like you're talking about, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out, and then it was just it was just all downhill from there. Then he just turned yeah. into a support set running around the map with no items. And yeah. It, just would insta die if anyone even looked at him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a, a tough match for, for Hillisang, but I was on Twitter after and people were like, is this guy match fixing? Like what's going on? <laughs> it's he, like he's, he in so much it doesn't even matter. Like no one's gonna bat an eye. <laughs> sometimes Hillisang is just the craziest inter I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. That was like my it's first really experience crazy. of it. And oh uh, really? Yeah. That was that was pretty bad. Yeah. The the interesting thing too, comparing him to Alvaro on uh-huh. Matt Coy, I thought that Alvaro's Nautilus in game one hit so different. It was it was just wild like com- first of all comparing the two, but also Alvaro's uh Nautilus is so like confident. Like mm-hmm. he walks up in the lane and like walks up in fights like he knows that he's the one who's gonna set it up and like make the play for the team. Like he stands in front of Supa the whole time. Mm-hmm. He it, it's almost like he just knows that he's just gonna start spoon feeding kills to Supa. It, yeah. There's something about his Nautilus that's like so like cocky almost, but uh-huh. like but it works. You yeah. know, it, he just he was a monster on the pick in the first game. I definitely think like he trusts Supa and it goes both ways because I thought Supa looked really solid, but he didn't like stand yeah. out at all, if that makes sense. He just never yeah. had any bad plays and he just did his job, I guess. That's yeah. like kind of what I took away from it. And I didn't even think like, oh, yeah, Alvaro's the one enabling that. But now that you bring that up, yeah, like Supa was definitely doing so well because of Alvaro. And that's how I feel. I think yeah. Supa is a good player. I think he mm-hmm. will be if he if he continues to get opportunities in the LAC, I think he'll be a top ADC. But I give a lot of credit in this team to Alvaro for like the bot lane success. I just when I watch him in fights, he's just like so confident in a way that's like just different than other support players. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but it's really cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, League is a game of microseconds, right? And so that confidence and decisiveness is huge. Like, especially when you are the engaged support trying to set up team fights. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And then, I mean, Miroin, that guy's an absolute Chad, bro. (laughs) The TF and the Jace. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's out here picking Udyr and Nar, and he's like, nah. Nah. (laughs) I got Uh, TF. Not for me. Not for me. Not for me. (laughs) I think it's awesome that this team, four rookies, like, they were a team before, right like they were yeah. in a lower league and so they, they yeah. just brought their whole team over but 
that chemistry and that teamwork is just unmatched right now, I think, at least in these games. Yeah, that's actually something interesting that I was just seeing some discussion about today, actually, Mm -hmm. was people saying that the reason that four rookies, like you wouldn't expect four rookies to ever work on an LEC team. Um, Mm -hmm. It just seems like not enough experience. But people are saying the reason that this team works where other teams with a lot of rookies don't work is that they're not bringing up four rookies they're bringing up basically a whole team from a lower division and then Mm -hmm. sticking elioya in it so yeah that i thought was like a really interesting way of looking at it is it's not just like random four rookies plus elioya it's kind of this lower division team getting brought up plus elioya you know yeah um and i think you can tell how much of a difference that makes in their trust for each other and like the ability for them to play on the same page. Yeah. Cause a lot of the things that I was seeing too, was comparing them to KC. Cause. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, KC didn't exactly do the same thing, but I know that they, cause they were in a lower division and yeah. they, they got brought up and they actually yeah. got brought up, you know, like they're basically just saying how a lot of the pieces changed when they got brought up and it wasn't like yeah. they kept everyone together. Like, I think they changed their coaching staff, things like that. I, I don't know right. the exact details, but yeah, they're just kind of comparing the two teams because they have similar paths, I guess, you know, that's an interesting comparison because KC, you're right. They came up and they, they kept three of the same players. So Mad Koi kept four, uh-huh. but KC, uh, they kept their top laner, um, mid and support, right? Okay. Yeah, because they, they kept, um, yeah, yeah, they kept all three of them. So they, uh-huh. they, they just, they swapped in bow for jungle and upset for AD carry uh-huh. because they their AD carry isn't old enough to play. And the, <laughs> I don't remember what was up with the jungler, but okay. they just rage, raised the uh, the age in LAC. You have to be 18 now, I think. Oh, or, okay. I think it was that. And I think the AD carry that they were playing with was 17. Got so it. not quite old enough to come into the LAC. But that is interesting that they came in with three of five and Mad Koi came in with four of five, and the difference in their performance is astronomically different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got one team in the top four and one team completely out of playoffs. So yeah, not even making top eight. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool to see those parallels and just how different teams kind of react to the big stage, you know? Yeah. And how so credit to Mad Koi. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah. And they're such a fun team to watch. They're, yeah. I, I love me some G2. It's hard not to love G2, but I think Mad Koi might be my favorite team right now. They're just so fun <laughs> to watch. They are super fun to watch. I, I really enjoyed watching those guys play because I really haven't gotten to see them too much, aside from what you've been talking about. Yeah. yeah they they look legit, too. I think they have a really good chance of, you know, turning some heads. Yeah. Potentially pulling off an upset here against Fnatic. So, which... okay. <laughs> here, here's the question now. We have Fnatic versus Mad. The mm-hmm. winner of that game plays BDS in the lower bracket finals. Mm-hmm. And then the winner of that game, BDS versus either Fnatic or Mad, goes on to play G2 in the grand finals. Yeah. I want you to live on the spot give me your <laughs> prediction for the rest of the bracket, the, the last three games. Okay. Well, I think Fnatic, they're just like a staple team, you know? Like that's the way yeah. I see them. And so. Okay. I think Mad might be riding this hot streak. So I could see Mad beating them 2-1, losing to BDS, and then BDS loses to, to G2 in the final. Yeah. I think that's how it's going to go. But I don't know as much about the LEC. So, uh, yeah, those are just my thoughts based on what I've seen. I definitely think G2 is 
they're kind of miles above everybody else, which is normal for the LEC, I think. Dude, it's crazy, though, because I, we were just talking about how good BDS was. We were like, uh-huh. oh, BDS are legit. Like, these guys are the real deal. And then they got absolutely smoked 3-0 yeah. in the upper bracket. I think this is this is my take on it. G2 is, like, here yeah. BDS is like here and then Matt and Fnatic are like down here. So I uh-huh. think it's going to be it's really tough for me because Fnatic and Mad already played and Fnatic beat them 2-0, but it was like mm-hmm. a dirty 2-0, like a uh-huh. real back and forth. And I think Mad beat Fnatic during the regular season. So it's like not super clear which way it's going to go. Uh-huh. And also Fnatic did not look good against SK. I want to yeah. talk to you about this Fnatic SK series yes. that was that was something it was the most scrappy series i've ever seen (laughs) yeah here irrelevant is the only player that deserved to win that series and he didn't win i know it's heartbreaking for him he carried so hard yeah Yeah. his first game and his third game were insane the second game was just a low kill game but he was just piss smurfing the entire series yeah Agreed. I like. I thought he looked super good the whole series, uh, especially in that game three to start. That first what fifteen minutes, they just yeah. they couldn't use him as a win con, which was sad. <laughs> they had like the most fed rumble like you could possibly yeah. ask for. <laughs> Even in the first game, like I, I don't know, just in the whole series, it felt like irrelevant was just like in it to win it. He uh-huh. was like, "We're we're going like we're going to be top four. We're we're, we're going to make it happen." And then the rest of his team was just like nah yeah <laughs> We're good. It, it felt like if irrelevant was playing like he did for most of the split which i don't i don't think he was he was playing like week one irrelevant because i don't know if you remember but in week one i thought irrelevant was gonna be like the best top laner in the league he came yeah. out swinging sk was three zero he looked like a monster mm-hmm. and in the middle of the split we like week two and three i was like okay he was just on something that first week he's actually not that good but then he came into this playoff series with like that same kind of style the same kind of like i'm gonna carry this game kind of attitude and it felt like he if he was playing at the level he had in week two and week three i think fanatic would have easy to owed that series mm-hmm. yeah but what ended up happening was he played super good yeah. and he was like trying to drag sk's body across the finish line <laughs> yeah pretty and much fanatic as a five-man team were able to just like marginally play better than the like four other players on sk who are all just i don't know what they were doing i don't know what niski was doing all oh of my the series. yeah it, i was a disaster but it His just felt TP. like he <laughs> yeah the the two-inch tp like yeah it felt like Fnatic was able to just play better than the other four players and Irrelevant couldn't solo carry the whole series together. Mess of a series. Yeah, it was a super messy series. I thought Fnatic was able to actually capitalize on their win conditions and That's try fair. to take that to win a game. I mean, yeah. they knew, like especially in game three, I think there was a, like a team fight near the end of the game around Dragon. And like they know that they have to kill Irrelevant. And they yeah. know that Noah and Humanoid have to carry. And mm-hmm. they just picked off Irrelevant. And there's nothing that SK could do. And that basically was won the, whole the entire series. Yeah. I thought Noah had a... If, I, if I'm going to give any credit to a player on Fnatic, which I don't really want to do, but I feel like we should. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I thought Noah had a decent series, especially in the Game 3. I thought mm-hmm. Noah's uh, Ezreal in Game 3 was like 
pretty much one of the reasons Fnatic was able to do damage in that game at all. Yeah, I also thought June. Yeah, June looked pretty good too. He had some pretty big ash arrows in that game to find those picks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, they they played that two games in a row, didn't they? They played the Ezreal Ash. Yeah, in yeah, both they, of their last two games. Yeah, because in that second game they had that one play mid where they caught the ash arrow and it was just ash arrow Ezreal ult someone and then Zin Zhao came in for the kill and I was like what are you gonna do there Disky <laughs> yeah it just full CC chain from like a screen away yeah yeah, yeah. Just like, you just throw your hands up you're like okay All right. yeah how broken did karma look in game two though I think that champ is stupid dude with the malignance it's like the enhanced R or like the enhanced abilities plus the yeah. uh the malignance those enhanced Qs are so broken. Karma just one-shots your entire backline and then also gives, like, double the health of, like, in <laughs> shields to your entire team in one team fight. It's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you play the game? Karma can also just root people, too, within team fights, which is, you know, it's, it's crazy her kit, especially with Malignance yeah. now. I think Malignance has been one of my favorite items. They have Earth right now going on, so I've been playing that oh, a really? little bit. I yeah i haven't been playing league have you been playing have you played karma at all i didn't play karma but i've been playing like corky like i was trying out that corky with malignants and stuff That's, yeah it's so broken i get why they play it, it on stage <laughs> it's such a cool item i haven't like kept up with the items as much as i should have but i looked mm -hmm. up malignants on purpose because they kept talking about it pretty cool item like the it, yeah. it gives like the aoe damage over time for like the entire length of the ability on the ground right mm-hmm yeah, it's like uh, it's basically like Leandri's, but on the ground. It's, oh, that's uh, wild. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of an ability that it, it's like an Anivia R, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, it's, it's in a yeah. smaller space. Yeah, and it only triggers once you hit a champion. But like, okay, for guys like Cork, man, and guys like Karma who can use their R all the time. Like, it could even be good on Jace. Well, I don't know if it would proc with Jace, but like with does Karma, it only, does it only work on ults or is it any? Yeah. It only works on ults, so that's why I think okay. probably Karma. Well, Karma for sure, and then yeah. Corky is another one. But yeah, that item is it's super cool. I don't know how pros think of it, but... <laughs> yeah, it's a cool-looking item, at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the Karma mid, we're seeing that more and more, for sure, because of Malignance, I think. Yeah. And just because and of her kit. I think, yeah, Karma just got some buffs, too, I think. So oh, okay. It's just kind of everywhere, but... Yeah, I thought that uh, Fnatic SK series was a mess, and I, I've lost faith in Fnatic because SK really should have won that series. Mm -hmm. Like, even in game three, it felt like SK was going to win again until yeah. Fnatic just like pulled the win out. So, I think Fnatic versus Mad is going to be another really entertaining series. I've said that every time that they play, but I think uh -huh. it's going to be a super entertaining series. I still think that Fnatic is going to win it, but I really think that like, there's a better chance this time that Mad beats Fnatic than there was last time. I think it's going to be a close series again, but you know, either way, it's going to be Fnatic or Mad. It doesn't matter though because BDS is just going to three zero them. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure BDS just three zeros whatever team they play against, and then I'm a hundred percent sure that G it does not matter who faces G two in the finals. It is a fast three zero. Yeah, I agree there. I think BDS is definitely going to be the team that makes it to the winter final. And faces G two, yeah. uh, it's just a matter of who's going to be playing BDS and who are, who. It's like a race for third place. I yeah, because like. <laughs> I think BDS is going to beat whoever comes out of Mad and, and Fnatic, and then G two is just going to stop BDS again. 
but yeah. who knows I, i'm down to get proven wrong so me too i would yeah. love to see i mean you know if you had fanatic in the finals we got to see el classico again that would yeah. be sick yeah um i would love to see g2 versus budget g2 in the uh-huh. finals that would be a sick That'd series be crazy. If, if mad made it uh-huh yeah i was gonna say a team that was on everybody's f tier in their preseason tier list imagine yeah. if they make it to the winter final that'd be crazy that would be quite the upset. I, yeah. I was just going to say that I feel like it would actually be more entertaining to see Fnatic or Mad make finals than it would to see BDS because it seems like G2 just have BDS's number. Like they know what BDS's strategy is every game mm-hmm. and they shut it down every single time they played him in winners finals uh-huh. earlier. So I, I just think that that's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, I think BDS kind of has a formula that they follow and it works against every team in the league except for G2. Mm-hmm. And I think G2 has them downloaded and it's just going to smash them. <laughs> so in some ways, I think it'll be more interesting to watch. I mean, Fnatic already took a game off G2 at the start. I mm-hmm. I have lost faith in Fnatic and I have more faith in G2. So I think if there's a rematch, I think G2 might 3-0 them still. Uh, I think they're going to 3-0 any team, but I think it might be more entertaining <laughs> to watch a Fnatic or a Mad play them than it would be to watch BDS. Yeah, I think Mad versus G2 would be super fun to watch. I mean, BB versus Miron in the top lane. Imagine some right? of the picks that we'd see. Yeah. Like, that'd be pretty the, sick. The even, flexes. Oh, yeah. Like, even for Scowie and, and Caps, you know? Like, those guys are pulling out crazy picks, too. So, I, I mean, that'd be sick For Scowie is actually, like, doing damage now. I, I mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of faith in him before, but he's... I don't know. That Talia game, I was like, okay, I was wrong. That's yeah. my bad. This guy's kind of nuts. Yeah. That's my bad. Oh, yeah. I think it's definitely going to be a fun weekend. Obviously, we have Fnatic versus Mad on Saturday, yep. right? I think it's Saturday. Fnatic versus Mad apparently is on Friday. Oh. Okay. And then BDS plays the winner of that game on Saturday. And then G2 is waiting in the finals on Sunday. Got it. Okay. So grand finals yeah. are, are Sunday. So, yeah. I think it's going to be a really fun weekend. Uh, I think of so, course. too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. And then the winner of G2 versus whoever, lock MSI. They're the earliest team to lock MSI. Mm -hmm. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, we'll have our first team out there. Man, we're going to start talking about MSI pretty soon, huh? I know. A couple weeks. That's going to be so fun, dude. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll have to (laughs) make some videos going into MSI talking about who our picks are. 100%. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I want to talk about the LCS really quick because I think yeah. this league is looking unreal right now. It's super entertaining. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, of course, the live patch. We got to see Smolder this weekend. Yeah, that was super cool. Uh, we saw it first. It was IMT versus Dig. I yep. think it was Tomo played it. Yeah, when it scales up, Smolder looks broken, too. But when he doesn't, yeah. he does not look relevant at all. <laughs> he looks like a pea shooter. Yeah. That guy nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard to find that medium. I guess yeah. it's kind of like a like a Draven pick, maybe. I don't know. Like someone that... Yeah. Like a pick that definitely but, has but to in get like ahead. Reverse. Yeah. Yeah. But... I don't know. That, like, that was really cool seeing that for the first time. Um, yeah. I thought IMT looked pretty solid throughout that whole game, but Dig just came out and smolder diffed. Just smoldered it yeah yeah (laughs) it's so interesting to see this uh, lcs league because there was a situation i don't know if you're following this but on sunday there was a chance that we would end with two i think it was two teams tied for first and then six teams all tied at four and five oh wow that was a real situation that could have happened it didn't thankfully Uh um because i don't remember exactly how it worked out but 
uh, FlyQuest is in sole possession of first, mm-hmm. and then uh, Hundred Thieves, Thieves is yeah. in second, which we should definitely talk about. Yeah, and then TL, uh, and then TL in third, and then there's uh, what three teams in fourth, and then two in fifth or something like that. Yeah, I think it's Energy, uh, C9, and Dig, and then IMT Shopify. Yeah, but I mean, like the bottom, what one, two, three, four, five, six, the bottom six teams are all within two games of each other and the bottom mm-hmm. five teams are all within one game yeah like the 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 lowest number of wins that you have is three like three and six that's mm-hmm. crazy yeah and it, every game it feels like anyone can beat anyone which is yeah what's really awesome like even FlyQuest, FlyQuest lost uh this weekend to shopify rebellion the giant slayers dude like they only beat top teams they beat <laughs> FlyQuest in first they beat cloud nine and they beat nrg right yeah <laughs> like they're they're the new clg kind of <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah i don't know that like we talked about them last week same thing giant slayers but they did it again so yeah i don't know what to make of them they can't beat teams that are slightly above them they can only beat the teams that are miles above them which is i don't know what to make of that you got to wonder what that is because it's kind of like the Carmine Corp in, in their last weekend. Mm-hmm. They they were like zero, what, zero seven or something. And then uh-huh. their last weekend, they went one and two or they were zero six, I guess. And the last weekend, they went uh, two and one. Sorry. Yeah. They, they won two games after they had already been like mathematically out of playoffs. Mm-hmm. They came in and they just won two games in a row. And it's like probably because they've got nothing to lose at that point. So they might mm-hmm. as well just like win i guess i don't know but it feels like the same thing with shopify where it's like if there's any close match they're just gonna lose but if they feel like there's no shot against the top team they just win i don't know it's so bizarre it's like their their players only come to play when it's a big name team or like the the top team i don't know like i thought boogie looked really good against fly or yeah against FlyQuest. like he looked unreal yeah yeah and I don't know. They they just feel like a more complete team, I guess, against these better teams, which is weird to say. It seems like that should never be happening, but here we are. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I thought in their their fly game, uh, Boogie on the Wu Kong. I actually liked the Wu Kong pick. I yeah. thought that was good. I don't know uh-huh. why it's not played as much. I, yeah, I'm not a player, so I'm not even going to speculate. <laughs> but I thought it looked good, and then I thought Zazel had a monster game too. Mm-hmm. I was looking at my notes again and i know like b-boy had a fair amount of kills but i really thought that like the reason that um shopify won that that game was because of boogie and zazel mm-hmm. they played Z- zyra khan that game yeah yeah i think like that pick is just way more comfortable because FlyQuest is also first time in smolder oh um, that's a good point yeah so yeah. i know masu was on smolder and yep. he just could not get scaled up like, no so it was the pea shooter man yeah it was, just, it was just like like tapping at him and then they would just blow him up in one hit so yeah i think yeah yeah that smolder pick is one where you have to like be searching for these team fights and these skirmishes so you can stack because otherwise yeah. you're just not gonna be able to to get your uh stacks just by farming like yeah. you you want those skirmishes like you want a game like the the fanatic sk games earlier where it's just straight yeah. action all the time just perma fighting yeah <laughs> but if you can't get scaled up it's tough and that was like the first time we saw that yeah first i wonder older. if that's why they picked the blitzcrank is because they wanted to like have agency to pick fights and mm-hmm. like help the smolder scale up it just didn't work yeah 
And it was interesting because we saw that was like the same day as the IMT did game. So I thought, oh, like Solder's right. gonna smash again. And then yeah. it just looks like nothing. So I don't know. You see both sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's interesting. Um, but dig like going back to that, Dig also had a two and a weekend. Uh one was that smolder game, and then they beat NRG as well. And that honestly didn't look like a close game either. I don't no, know what's happening, yeah. but NRG is on a four game loss streak, five yeah. game loss streak. No, four, right? Yeah, I think it's four. four. They're on a four game loss streak, which yeah. is crazy. They haven't won oh, a game two in two weekend. weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, Dig is Dig honestly looks pretty good. Like they do. They 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 look even for right. being four and five. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear something interesting about Dig's two and zero weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the players was talking about it. I think it was XU had like the post game interview after their two zero weekend, uh-huh. and he was saying that one of his managers was talking to him and said he had a like a memory come up on his phone or something like that from uh-huh. the last time that they had a two zero weekend six years ago. Six years ago, holy cow! And so I don't know. If, I haven't fact checked this. But what what he was saying in the post game interview is that Dig hasn't had a two zero weekend in six years. <laughs> Holy cow! Isn't yeah, that rem- insane? Yeah, I mean, I remember watching the LCS last year and the year before, and Dig was just perennially at the bottom. They're just bottom feeders, yeah. yeah. Usually, but maybe it's a new year. They have a lot of uh, imports this year. Like Rich, Rich looks really good. Um, yeah, Dove, right? They have Dove. Yeah, Dove's been nice. Yeah, and then uh, Isles. Isles is, I think he has the highest KDA in all of LCS right now. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I was looking at some of the stats and I was like, who's this Isles guy? So I clicked on it. It's like <laughs> Dignitas. And I was like, what? Yeah. He's, he's he has been like, kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That whole team, I feel like, is kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. Like, I think people are kind of sleeping on XU too, because there mm-hmm. hasn't been a whole lot of talk about him other than the fact that like the LCS keeps bringing up that he like last year, XU was talking with the management a lot and like watching all the games. Like they've brought up this fact like five times that uh-huh. XU w- was like watching the, the main team, like all of last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they keep bringing it up, but they, they've brought it up like every time he's on screen. But in, in terms of like real conversation about him as a player, th- there hasn't been a whole lot yeah. And I was looking at their IMT versus Dig game, and he had a hundred percent kill participation in that game. Oh, really? I, I I don't know exactly what his stats are off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure he's one of the junglers who has like some of the higher kill percent uh, kill percentage oh, um, wow. or kill participation percentage in the mm-hmm. league. So he's like flying under the radar as one of these junglers who's actually making a lot happen for Dig. Yeah, I feel like as a team they move quicker than everybody else. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, that was the one thing that I kind of took away from their two games. Like, whenever they have number advantages, they'll take it. And they're, like, the first huh. ones there. And that's, like like we said earlier, it's a game of microseconds and micro decisions. But they're really yeah. good at being on the same page. I know against NRG, they had a dove got picked off by contracts, uh, Topside River. Mm. And the whole team just collapsed. Like, they had... Uh, they had a number advantage still, even after Dove got picked off, and it led to them winning that fight straight up, just because they had all their guys rotated into that barren area, while Dokla and FBI were just farming mid and bot. Yeah, they kind of stopped that game, huh? Yeah, they did. They did. And I think that's, like, the biggest thing for them. Like, they're really good as a team and moving together as a team and knowing, like, where their weak points are going to be and where teams might be targeting them. And they always have backup. And 
so they're able to find the number advantages throughout that i'll have to look out for that because i i haven't been watching dig that closely i Mm -hmm. like you know i tend to focus on like watching closely the teams that i think are going to be the top teams and i wasn't Mm -hmm. expecting a lot out of dig so i haven't watched them that closely but i think you're right that they're like low-key better than i expected i mean not even low-key they're definitely better than i expected they're definitely more of a contender than i expected and um i'll start watching them a little bit closer for that because that like they what i remember of that dig versus nrg game is that they actually like smoked them mm-hmm. like it wasn't even a, a close game at all yeah it was it was just like dig winning from the start to the end mm-hmm. so may, maybe i'll have to watch them a little bit closer now yeah because like that doesn't just happen you know like those leads don't just get built without nothing it's because like yeah i thought it was because they're able to roam so well and back mm-hmm. each other up yeah i don't know we'll see how those guys are moving forward but another team that's super good at moving around and staying together as a team is the hundred thieves oh hundred thieves goodness. baby hundred thieves <laughs> that is Man. the quid show and the sniper show honestly all He's of them, and the river show like yeah all unreal Okay, so Sniper is awesome to watch. He's uh-huh. so fun to watch. But Quid is him, yeah. bro. Oh, He's yeah. actually him. <laughs> I was not impressed by this guy at all last year. He comes into the league this year. He is stomping people. Oh, yeah. He's, he's actually, he was player of the week this week. He, like, 100% deserved it. Mm-hmm. He's actually just, he's smurfing on the league right now. He's yeah. actually just him. I mean, you're not just Genji Academy for no reason. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, he he was smurfing this weekend. He looked I've unreal. Been really impressed by him this yeah. weekend. His Talia like, game against TL, uh-huh. w- super good. And then what was their what was their other game? Uh, uh, oh, versus C nine. That was yeah another anger. I think he Just, also played Talia in that game too. I he think. did. Yeah, yeah, two absolute like amazing Talia games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think a hundred thieves. They're able to win their lanes early on. Their mid game is a little questionable, but then mm. late, they're really good. Like they're, I think their ability as a team to like not get tilted during that mid game is it's huge. And they're able to split teams really well too. That's like another thing that I noticed. Like I yeah. know against, oh, I think it was TL, like Sniper was flanking, and he basically drew the attention of of Yawn, APA, and Core. And it was like umpty, umpty and impact just left alone with four guys on them. It was a four v two with a with a three v one down yeah. on the bottom side, and it was like there's nothing that they could do. And then they just cleaned up the entire flight or fight. Yeah, the the thing that like impresses me so much about Sniper is that it's not just that he has like these really impressive mechanical plays because this weekend he solo killed both impact and fudge Mm -hmm. as aatrox yeah um which was just super fun to watch i think he's um the solo kill leader in the league right now he has like five solo kills or something like that which Uh i guess puts him as the leader they said something about that on broadcast but it's not just that he has these like really flashy solo kill mechanical outplays but he also seems to get like trying to separate the back line from the front line in fights and like mm-hmm. zoning out the carries like yeah. i i can't name how many times this weekend he would come into a team fight like on a flank and just get onto the back line of the other team and completely remove them from the fight while the rest of his team like dealt Picks with like off. the, the front line carries like but it was like every fight he was coming yeah. in and doing this which 
to me, it doesn't strike me as something that like a new player normally does. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. Sniper's been looking really good, especially on on that eight shocks. Man, what a what a fun team they are. And yeah. like they're just they're another team that's like that's kind of they're not like the mad of of lcs because the teams are not the same at all Mm -hmm. but it's a similar thing where like they're power ranked super low to start off the split and now they're just like at the top i mean matt is in fourth and they're in second but they were power ranked as like bottom two by pretty much everyone and now they're sole possession of second Mm -hmm. like convincingly yeah they look like they're having fun too it's like it's a really young team you know like yeah. Meech, Meech and Sniper are super young. Quid's young himself. Like Rivers is definitely the oldest one on that team, and he's not even that old. No. Right? So yeah, yeah. Like after they win games, they just look super happy. Like they look good as a team, both on they and do. off the rift. You know, and yeah. I think that's huge for the morale morale of the team. They've got a pretty cool um, uh, like rivalry with TL now too. Mm-hmm. It feels like I, I don't know if it's just like the desk, the the LCS desk, like setting it up, but it feels like there's this TL versus Hundred Thieves like rivalry setting up, which yeah. is really fun to to keep track of, um, especially with the the Hundred Thieves beating them this last game. Mm-hmm. It feels like or anytime those two teams play, it's a coin flip. You know, like yeah, something's happening in both those games that they've played where it's just super entertaining, just fun to watch. And like both teams want it, you know. Yeah, but super fun team. Yeah, I mean that game against Cloud Nine, that was probably the banger of the week, or one of the bangers so, of the week. So we got to <laughs> talk about Cloud Nine. We got to talk about FlyQuest. Do you want to start uh-huh. with Cloud Nine? Yeah, I'm down to start with Cloud Nine. I thought that game Berserker Pentakill, and they yeah. lose. Like what? I know. <laughs> so first of all, Cloud Nine. Finally getting a win, breaking yeah. the loss streak. God bless. Monkey off the <laughs> Thank back. God. Take Thank it God. Thank God that they Take got a win. <laughs> yeah. But, the, I mean, 100 uh, Thieves versus Cloud9 was absolutely the game of the week for uh-huh. me. That oh, was yeah. such a banger of a game. It really seems like Cloud9, like, just from, like, the comms that they showed um, during the broadcast, mm-hmm. I'm, like, worried that that team is not getting along. No. Because berserker seems super out of it there's mm-hmm. there's like a few times in their last couple games where it seems like he's disconnected from the rest of the team and mm-hmm. he does this thing where he'll go into a team fight that's like in a lane or like in the jungle and mm-hmm. he'll start farming in the middle of the team fight which is like i know you you like have to clear minions at the same time as you're fighting uh-huh. but there'll be times where like the rest of the team is like hitting other people and uh-huh. he's just like farming a wave in the middle of the team fight uh-huh. and it's just like this really weird thing where he seems not fully like committed he just mm. like is kind of there even with like a zeri pentakill it was really cool to see but he doesn't feel like back mentally in the way that i I was wishing he would be you know yeah like he should be an x-factor player like that's kind of the way that i see him at least going into this split he is like an x like x-factor player is probably the best way i could describe him like he can win games if you get him going right like by himself yeah yeah but he had a pentakill he was he was massively ahead in that game and they just couldn't pull it like i think he got picked off by sniper and that like almost ended well that basically screwed them over yeah but, yeah it just yeah. seems like they're not 
like communicating in, in like a super effective way and mm-hmm. one of the comms too blabber was like scolding jojo because he was like watching berserkers pentakill instead of like helping push a wave or something like that uh-huh. blabber said something like like jojo what are you doing and jojo was like oh i was just watching berserkers penta but like uh-huh. he was still alive so he uh-huh. was just like not really doing anything on the map, just kind of watching berserker get like the last kill of his penta so Mm -hmm. i don't know it just feels like the team is kind of butting heads with each other Mm -hmm. and maybe not getting along as well as i was expecting them to Mm -hmm. it could just be like a a comms thing in a game but i'm worried that it's a communication thing that's making it difficult for this team yeah i think jojo had a few like moments in that game too on his akali you know like yeah he would kind of just run in there and get blown up it's i don't know it, it feels we were going back to how they drafted right and how yeah it used to be blabber and, and jojo were like the focus carries and berserker was kind of like on the back foot yeah. but it feels like their drafts just aren't good for winning games or like closing games out i don't know I don't know all the details behind drafting and like what's good and what's not, but yeah. it just feels like they're not, like you said, maybe not on the same page together as a team, kind of like butting heads potentially. Yeah. Because Blabber had two Sejuani games this weekend. So he's mm-hmm. back on, he's continuing to play on tank duty. Mm-hmm. They won one of the Sejuani games, but in the Sejuani game that they won against NRG, first of all, NRG is hard loss streaking, but also Blabber was like, playing like a chad on on sejuani like he wasn't playing sejuani like a tank jungler in the same way that other teams play it like he was just taking kills and just like running in and getting picks and like he was playing sejuani in like a way more aggressive way than i expect and Mm -hmm. i don't remember exactly what his scoreline was but it just struck me during the game that he was like taking way more kills than i would expect another jungler to on sejuani Uh so i don't know it still feels like the way that c9 wins is through just letting blabber be blabber and be super aggressive and get kills and carry and work with jojo and instead they're trying to force berserker to solo carry games and he's not yeah yeah berserker definitely seems just off like really off this split i don't know if he's missing zven at all or, I don't know. Yeah, because like, they seem to get along well. Yeah, like I, I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, Berserker just looks really passive. Doesn't look like a top ADC even. You know? No, I think you're right. I think passive is a good way to put it. Yeah, like yeah. usually you expect Berserker to be, you know, running in there carrying team fights and knocking everybody off, but instead, like, not. He did do that, but like right place, wrong time. I guess. You yeah. Know? So. I wonder if it's, we don't have to keep speculating about this because obviously <laughs> neither of us knows, but just yeah. real quick. I wonder if it's like a confidence thing. I wonder if Sven struck me as like a really like senior, not, that's a bad way of putting it. He's not old, <laughs> but he was like a, a veteran. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Like a very veteran presence in the team. Mm-hmm. I, I think if memory serves, like he would help the whole team on a lot of calls. Like he was pretty vocal and I'm not sure Vulcan is like a leader in the team in the same way that Sven was. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the, the Sven berserker lane worked so well because Sven gave berserker the confidence to be this like pop off player that he Mm -hmm. can be. And I wonder if it's not working as well with Vulcan because Vulcan is not as like, not as much of a leader in the team and not as like 
communicative as mm-hmm. as Sven would be. Uh-huh. I have obviously no idea. I have no connection to these teams, but I, I wonder if there's something like that where Sven was just like giving Berserker a confidence boost. Yeah. You know? I mean, you look at the past two years and then this split, there's only yeah. one difference. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, they're able to get by with Eminence in, their, in the mid lane, you know? Yeah. So. Which was probably a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, who knows? We, we, we don't have to keep speculating about it, but. No. FlyQuest. FlyQuest, FlyQuest. honestly looks, I think they look solid. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be Masu and Sniper competing for Rookie of the Split. Mm-hmm. Masu still looks insane. I don't know how Shopify Rebellion keeps beating these top teams, but <laughs> outside of that, FlyQuest look like monsters. Yeah, they look like a complete team for sure. I think Bwipo instills so much confidence in those young guys because that is such yeah. a young team. Bwipo and Inspired. like Dude, Inspired, like, he comes off a break and he's, exa- like, back to mvp material again yeah he had another quadra like i thought he was going to get another viego penta i was (laughs) like what is going this guy just comes in and destroys the league i think he's just the best jungler in the league right now yeah like coming off of i think it was like one split of not being on team maybe it was a full year i think it was just one split i think it was one split off of yeah he comes off a break and he's back to absolutely stomping the league this guy's insane yeah he looks really good that whole team just looks so confident too i think that's like the biggest thing for them is their confidence is probably unrivaled right now yeah i don't know like again we don't have too much insight on the behind the scenes but from from a viewer standpoint like they just look decisive in their plays like they know what they want to do they know what their win cons are and what they have to do to reach that win con and yeah yeah, i think whippo is probably a really big part of that just because he is a a veteran presence (laughs) apparently like very That's opinionated and like yeah yeah and he like knows how he wants to play the game mm-hmm. exactly um, and everyone else can kind of just fall into that which is huge for them yeah I, we're seeing this this formula again of like three veteran players and two rookies i know busio has had a, a splitter a year or whatever it is under his belt mm-hmm. but um we're seeing this formula again of like three veteran players and a couple newer players work out really well Mm -hmm. it's even after some of these players have come off breaks it's still this team is just like meshing so well together and they're another team like hundred thieves where it seems like they're just having a lot of fun too yeah oh yeah i think that's probably the biggest thing right now for these guys too because they're only playing twice a week if you can make those stage games super fun and then spend the rest of the week you know, as a team, I'm sure that they're doing a lot of really good things behind the scenes as a team to kind of they build up be. that chem, build up yeah. that morale for sure. Who's their mid laner? Jensen. Jensen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They, they got a solid squad. They're, they're probably going to end up finishing first, I think. I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a team that's fun to root for, too, mm-hmm. because it's a couple players like having their comeback which is like in whippo and inspired where it mm-hmm. feels criminal that they didn't have teams before then yeah. you have jensen who love him or hate him he's going to be a top player in the league pretty much every split mm-hmm. uh, it's super early but i would bet that this team is going to go to worlds this year um so it mean jensen has only ever missed worlds when he played on dig last year uh-huh. so it, it's cool to see that he'll probably end up going back to worlds again super early speculation um, but yeah, it's just a really fun team to watch with like Whippo and Inspired coming back and then Jensen having a bit of a redemption year and then these two rookies coming in who are 
like stomping lames yeah, as well. Yeah, they're killing it for yeah. sure. It's they're fun to watch too because they are the mechanics are just unreal. Yeah. I'm like, how do you even do that? I'm looking at some <laughs> of the things that they do. I'm like, I wish <laughs> I can only dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see Busio play because he started out as a mid laner and then mm. he roll swapped to support. I don't know when exactly it happened, but they've brought it up on cast a couple times. Okay. And you can kind of tell because he doesn't play. I expect okay. support players to kind of play passively in some mm -hmm. situations, but he plays like in this confident, like mid laner esque way sometimes. That's yeah. really fun to watch. Like if he knows that in the 2v2 they can get a kill, like he's sending it. He's and... going for it. I know Masu's right on board with that, too. <laughs> yeah, super aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Very fun team to watch. Yeah, super fun. Uh, speaking of fun teams to watch, I want to take us east, actually. Okay. And I want to I want to go to the LPL. I know they... So, LPL and LCK, they're both on break for uh, yep. Lunar New Year. So, LCK comes back this Wednesday, so tonight, when the podcast drops. Right. And then uh, LPL comes back on the 17th. But they're on the super long break. But there were some games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are some games that happened after we recorded last week's pod. And uh, top esports, man. These guys are unreal, bro. They are so fun to watch. Like, Who do they just play? And they, they like dumpstered some team, right? I watched part of the game. They I don't smoked, remember who it was, though. Uh, they played Weibo. Weibo. Yeah, they yeah. dumpstered Weibo. Yeah. So actually, game one, they dumpstered them like super yeah. hard. Uh, yeah. Jackie was on Ezreal. But then game two, actually, Weibo is winning for most of the game. That's right. Yeah. Like Weibo probably should have taken it to three games. But the biggest thing is they're such a complete team. They have no like I don't think they have any bad pieces. Like everybody's mm. really good. Maybe you could argue that Cream isn't to the level of everybody else, but he doesn't have to be. Because I don't know, have... man. I I think Cream is crazy. <laughs> I, I was watching some of his some of his games. I think Cream actually looks really good. I think it's cool seeing him on a top team. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Like I I thought like so obviously I think Mako is the final piece for Jackie Love. Right. Um, I think between Jackie Mako and Tian like their synergy is super good like it shows in all their macro plays like tan will always be there on the right timers and then mako will always set jackie love up like jackie love just has the ability to carry games because mako and tan are like spoon feeding him kills but they're not exactly spoon feeding him kills because he also has to put in the work to get these kills <laughs> but it is jackie yeah. love and he's able to do it and they're just so yeah. good at pushing their leads like Every lane is winning in game one. There's nothing Weibo could do. And then, like, in that second game, Weibo was ahead. But then 369 comes and hard carries the game. It's like, <laughs> if Jackie Love and, and T or Jackie Love and Mako are out of it, like, 369 is going to be the guy. Or Cream's going to be that guy. Or even, you know, Tian's really, like, a setup guy. He's not usually, like, a carry jungler for them. But, yeah. Those guys They've are got super that, like... fun to watch. Yeah, they have that like JDG esque feel from last year mm -hmm. where you expect them to carry out of one lane, and then if that doesn't work out, they still can carry from any other lane, yeah. too. Because it's like yeah. they don't really have like a super weak spot, it feels mm -hmm. like. Oh, yeah. Because it felt like Weibo was trying to shut Jackie Love down in game two. And it's like, okay, we'll come do that, and 369 <laughs> will just carry the rest of the game then, you know? Oh, yeah, and then we just have one of the best top laners in the entire world, and he'll just yeah. win the game for us instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they they were down 
in that game too, a ton of kills. They're down a soul. And then 369 just comes with his equalizer or something. Whatever yeah. is ours. And he just, him, Kareem, and Tien, 3v4, uh, pretty much all the carries of Weibo. And then from there on, it was just this top esports this game. Yeah. But yeah. IG too. I know we touched on IG last week a little bit, but IG is actually a really complete team too. I, I kind of, I'm eating my own words from last week how <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe IG isn't the best team. I think they might be in that top five conversation. Really? Yeah. So they played RNG and they lost, they lost game one, but then they reverse swept, but they okay. just look like such a good team. They're team fighting on another level, like probably like almost T1-esque. Wow. Yeah. Like they're just getting clean aces. They're, you know, it, it was a while ago when I watched it, but like you should know me he might be one of the best top laners in the LPL as well. Okay. I was going to ask about that. Is he playing again? Cause I think he, he got subbed out like last year for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe he did for a little bit. And now yeah. he is, he is their guy for sure. He has one of the best names. I know. I know. When he <laughs> came so out cool. with his, you yeah know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like well, so that's, hype. that's high praise saying that yeah. they fight like one does dude it's crazy like i don't know it feels like fights that they're almost getting trapped into they come out with like three or four guys up so it, it'd be sick to see them play t1 at worlds if that yeah. happens yeah yeah i mean ig is a it's a prestigious organization they have a world's title yeah. under their belt you know so who knows? This might be their year to to make some waves internationally, or That'd even domestically. They have, they have some cool world skins too. The oh, IG yeah. world skins are oh, sick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I said last week that they needed a better test, and I thought RNG was you know that's a solid test, and yeah. they looked really good against them. That's sick. Yeah, I'm excited. Other than to, that, yeah, they, yeah the they they play BLG next Tuesday, so watch out for that. So they're going to be four and two. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, because BLG yeah. is them. They stomped LNG as well. And I don't know, Scout might be washed as much as it hurts me to say that, because I love Scout. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, he has not been looking really good. And obviously, when your best player is not looking too good, the whole team doesn't look good. So, I don't the, know. LNG just looks so good on paper. But, yeah, I mean, they have Gala, too. Mm -hmm. Gala's insane. Weiwei. Even Z like Zico was playing insane last year too. Yeah, no, I they just seem like they're not on the same page, or like maybe this just isn't their meta. I don't know, but LNG is not them, frauds. and BLG <laughs> is definitely them. They're frauds, yeah. LNG is yeah. definitely frauds right now. Who knows? We'll we'll see how they do this week. Uh, I think they play Weibo, so okay, that'll be a good test for them. But other so some than more that, good games coming up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Other than that, like there are some really good games this week in the LCK coming off this break. T1 plays D plus on Wednesday night. So that's that'll be game. fun to watch. And yep. then Gen also plays Honor Life on the next day. Oh, that'll be a banger. Yeah. So finally we're getting the rematch or like the first look of yeah. Gen G versus X Gen G. <laughs> Genji original versus Genji new. Yeah, exactly. It's like Samsung white and Samsung blue or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're just sister teams, but yeah, not. that's funny. Well, cool. Yeah, we got. I don't have too much else to say. Up. No, yeah, me neither. 
but yeah, I'm really excited for this week. I'm excited that the LCK and, and LPL are coming back. Yeah, I've missed them. It's kind of gonna be break. like a a bit of a switch, you know. Go yeah, from only LCS and LEC to a, a week off for the LCS and some more LCK and uh, LPL games. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thank you guys for watching episode five of All Chat. As always, you can find us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and pretty much any podcasting platform that you can think of. Um, you can find us at, at All Chat LOL. And we'll be back next week for another week of uh, fan takes about all four major regions.